Requests for 1989 the musical. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Actually, that would be amazing. Welcome to New York. I have that written down for like a bunch of the other songs, but I didn't write movie musical for this one. But it's great that you're on that wavelength, Hannah. Yeah, she drove up from the South, she got out of the truck. (laughs) <laughs> and now she's in New York, and now we have the opening number. She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Minor Notes, the podcast where we share our thoughts about an album from top to bottom, no skips, and we give some minor notes. That is Kate Griffin. And that's Gabby Alvarez. Welcome. If you're new here, Gabby is a music business professional and I'm a songwriter. And this entire first season of Minor Notes is dedicated to the discography of Miss Taylor Swift. Gabby is a fan of hers and I am on a listening journey to figure out if I'm a fan too. And so to do that, each episode we are listening to her albums in chronological order and discussing each track. Yes, and today we are joined by two very special guests, Hannah Elian and JJ Mitchell of indie pop duo Overcoats. Hannah and JJ, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Very, very excited to have you guys here. So how much Taylor are you guys familiar with? That's a great question. (laughs) I'm a fan of a lot of her earlier work. Okay. Mm -hmm. But not enough of a fan to know which album I'm even talking about. But when I pick up a guitar and am playing around, I always have to sing You Belong With Me because it's the easiest chords to play on guitar. So I would say I would I would categorize myself as having heard a lot of Taylor Swift music, but I'm not a Swifty. Okay, fair, fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hannah, what about you? What do we got? So I would say that I have in the past been I don't know I have found her a little sus previously mm-hmm. but then there as I think happened to a lot of people I watched that like Netflix documentary yes mm-hmm. and then I was so in so in <laughs> oh, and I wow. and so I kind of started from like the newer stuff like I loved folklore and then I was like you know what I got to go back cuz everybody knows these songs but yeah. to like actively like them is different than liking them cuz you've heard them 800 times Kate I will say if you've been on the fence about Taylor yes this is the album I think that starts to change the game yeah okay let's dive in so this is my favorite Taylor album. I think it might be yeah. everyone's favorite Taylor album because it's the shit. Uh, 1989 was released October 27th of 2014. It was her fifth studio album with Big Machine Records, and it is largely inspired by 1980s synth pop. Taylor wanted to make a record that shifted not just her sound, but also her image from country to mainstream pop. Uh, And she's working with some really heavy-hitting producers on this album, which Kate will get into. Mm -hmm. And she titled it after her birth year as a symbolic rebirth of her artistry, which makes me want to roll my eyes, but thanks, (laughs) Wikipedia. 
The songs on this album express lighthearted perspectives, departing from previous hostile attitude towards failed romance, which is also pretty funny. <laughs> At the 58th Annual Grammy Awards in 2016, 1989 won Album of the Year and Best Pop Vocal Album, making Taylor Swift the first female solo artist to win Album of the Year twice. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is pretty badass. This was a commercial success, which I think everyone knows. We've heard these songs pretty much everywhere. And in the U.S., Taylor became the first artist to have three albums sell over one million copies within their first week of release uh, once this album came out. And it spent 11 weeks on top of the Billboard Top 200, and it has been certified nine times platinum by the RIAA, which is fucking crazy. Get it, girl. Yeah. I know. So, previously on previous episodes, what we've done... Taylor, in her liner notes, leaves secret messages, so they're decoded, and they usually hint to who the song is written about. On this album, there's still secret messages, but it's not about that. It's like a grown-up moment where she's not really doing that anymore, so I'm not going to read those, but I am going to kick off with a message that she had in her liner notes. It's a little bit clipped because there's some parts I don't want to read because they're a little bit about the songs. Mm -hmm. So Taylor says, for the last few years, I've woken up every day not wanting but needing to write a new style of music. Wow. I needed to change the way I told my stories and the way that they sounded. I listened to a lot of music from the decade in which I was born, and I listened to my intuition that it was a good thing to follow this gut feeling. Mm. I was also writing a different storyline than I'd ever told you before. I've told you some of my stories for years now. Some have been about coming of age and some have been about coming undone. This is a story about coming into your own and as a result, coming alive. I hope you know that you've given me the courage to change. I hope you know that who you are is who you choose to be and that whispers behind your back don't define you. You are the only person who gets to decide what you will be remembered for. From the girl who said she would never cut her hair or move to New York or find happiness in a world where she is not in love. Love, Taylor. Wow. I have chills. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. But already, it's definitely like so much more mature than the notes from the other albums we've heard. Yes. We're like, her other albums are like, he broke my heart and I'm mad. Right. And I'm sure that you, I don't know if you're talking about this on every episode of this podcast, but can we just get a quick refresher of when the drama with Kanye happened in relation to this album? Kanye drama happened um, album three, or rather album two, and she wrote about it on album three. So she's kind of still talking about it, though, a little. She's kind of like, still talking about the, it. Like, this is why all the, like, you got to shake off all the rumor, right? You know? Yes. She's still, she's still on that. It's still relevant to her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's, like, less, like, emotionally whiny. Yes. It's, yes. like, she's having fun with it for the first time, which is kind of cool. I wish I had read those liner notes because when this album first came out, I was really mad about it. Mm. I was like, ugh, she's going to pop. Like, she's losing herself, blah, blah, blah. But this sounds like it was very intentional and it would have been nice to know. Yeah. (laughs) She should have told you. (laughs) Would have, sure, would have been nice to know. The liner notes should have been just a spoken voice single. Right. Which is, you know, she fucked up. (laughs) Thankfully, we're here to fix it. Yeah, thankfully. All right, so track one, opener. Welcome to New York. Kate, 
what can you tell me about this song? All right. So Welcome to New York was written by Swift and Ryan Tedder. Ryan Tedder is, uh, if you're not familiar, an American musician, singer, songwriter, and producer. He's the singer of the band One Republic. He has worked with such famous people, Adele, Beyonce, Miley Cyrus, Ed Sheeran, Jennifer Lopez, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Paul McCartney, and more. And it's produced by Swift, Tedder, and Noel Zancanella, also an American producer-songwriter, has worked with One Republic before, also Maroon 5, Gavin DeGraw, and Colby Kelly. Remember Colby? Oh, yeah. I remember Colby Can you count me in? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, welcome to New York. This song has grown on me. I used to always skip it, but since I have recently moved away from New York, New Jersey, when I started listening to this album again for this episode, I was like, fuck, I get it. She got I didn't it. get it before, Aww. and now I get it. So she got me. Um, the magic of New York, I think, is felt in this song. But I don't think this is, like, fun production. I think it's a kind of weak opener in general. But it's not a bad song. Right. Han or Jay, what do you got? Yeah, I, I think I do love that, like, big synth. I think that's it's, like, a very epic way to start an album. But then the song starts, and you're like, uh... It doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, but I but I had the same feeling, Gabby, like, I'm about to move out of the city, and I was like, damn, like, I love New York. <laughs> but, yeah, it feels a little bit weird. Yeah. Jay, what about you? So I just want to preface by saying that I think this was the first time I'd ever heard the song. When Oh, like for this? For this. Oh, wow. And and I didn't know like what the rest of the album, like what the story was going to be, but I had heard some other songs on the album. And it felt like really disjointed from the rest of what was to come for me mm. because mm. it was like, this big thing about like moving to New York but then like I didn't feel like that went anywhere in the rest of the record I agree so I was like why is this your opener like what and Hannah and I are very like concept people so like when you put a song first on an album like shouldn't it be like the thesis or like the goodbye (laughs) to the last out like maybe I don't know and this all yeah. being said, Taylor Swift has definitely figured out I, I would like to, <laughs> how to get famous. I would like to add like that us. multi, <laughs> multi, like platinum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, please, like, and Hannah and I are like still, you know, we're, it's all of this grain of salt. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think because the bar is so high for her, mm. this song like doesn't live up to it for me. Um, yeah. And I also just like have to say, um, I don't ever really like songs about New York because I find that like everybody is a faker Mm. and maybe that's okay. Like that, that's what it's, that's what the song says. Like, she's like, we're all here to start over and like be somebody new in this city. And I'm just like, I grew up here. Get out. (laughs) um which which i i feel the same way like when i hear an amazing song about new york like saint vincent's song Mm, i'm like an incredible song but like please don't write about my city right 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 (laughs) Um, 
So, so, Fair. so please keep that in mind as you listen to my really harsh critique of yeah. platinum <laughs> record selling. Listen, we've established like we're legit nobody. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's okay that we're doing this. Okay, I just okay. want everyone to know yeah. that I am no one. Right, right. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. We, yes. Okay. So it's settled that we're no one. Nobody. Yeah. She yeah. will never hear this. Um, so to Gabby's point. This song has really grown on me. Okay. I don't think it's a great song, but I'm going to disagree and say that I do think it's a great opener because what I think they were trying to do, I think for her original fans, a song like this would have been a complete shock to them. And I think she purposely chose something like not super smooth, not like totally in the zone yet to kind of say like, come with me, come with me. We're going somewhere new. Mm. And I think it kind of works, especially since we've been listening to the albums in chronological order. I have like, it's very easy to identify when she's making changes. And this is the biggest change so far. So I think it was strategic that it was the first because it was like, I don't want to scare you, but I want you to be a part of this. Totally agree. I said that it's really tough to write good songs about New York. Like, it's just super hard to do. But I think she's trying to approach it from... Not necessarily the city is amazing, but you can be amazing here. Like, you can be who you want to be, which is, like, kind of cliche, but... It's kind of cliche. I have another note about that. Requests for 1989 The Musical? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Actually, that would be amazing. This song felt like a musical to me. Wait, that's really interesting that you say that, because, like, I have that written down for, like, a bunch of the other songs, (laughs) but I didn't write movie musical for this one, but it's great that you're on that wavelength. Maybe that was something that Taylor had on the back burner, was like, maybe one day I'll want to make it into a musical. Broadway, classic New York. This bitch is so smart. Yeah, she drove up from the South, she got out of the truck. Yeah. And now she's in New York, and now we have the opening number. She's like, Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, my gosh. My, my, so you said something about, like, the, you can be who you want to be yeah. in New York, Kate. I, I think the other thought I have with the song is it's lyrically kind of weak mm-hmm. compared to the caliber of lyricism from her that we've been used to. It totally is. She's usually very wordy. Yeah. She usually has so much stuff like prose yeah and this one is not Mm -hmm. and the one line that i super hate is you can want who you want boys and boys and girls and girls not because i disagree this is the album where she was like i am okay with gay people for the first time yeah 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 and i i just like wonderful thing to say like yeah you can want who you want in new york we mind our business and you could do whatever that because nobody gives a shit yeah nobody gives a shit but like it's performative it's a little yeah boys and boys and girls and girls like you can write something better than that yeah yeah but the line before it i think is great we took our broken hearts put them in a drawer everyone here was someone else before that's nice yes See, I thought that line was, but then to follow it with the boys and boys and girls and girls, I was like, the hell? You had such a good thing happening. It was like, Yeah. Oh, I was like, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're leaving New York now. Okay. Bye. But wait, hold on. Tropes. Oh, tropes. Okay. We're also doing a thing, Hannah and Jay, where Kate noticed early on that Taylor writes about uses certain words and themes over and over and over. And then while we got through this, we were like, holy shit, there's too much. So we keep a count. So Kate, what's the trope? We keep a count. This one's relatively low. Uh, She says dance. This word appears several times on this album. So get ready. Mm. She loves to dance. Loves it. Okay, but we can move on. (laughs) All right. Track two. 
blank space. I think once we hit this track, like she's letting us know what's actually happening on this album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Welcome to New York, no. Welcome to a pop album by Taylor Swift. Yeah. This yes. song is so fucking good. The lyrics are kind of cheeky and the hook is awesome. And she just has great lines. I can make bad guys good for a weekend. Darling, I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. Yeah. Like, okay, bitch, me too. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Hannah, what did you think? I mean, this is one of my favorites by her of all time. I think it's fantastic. I think it kind of makes no sense, which I love. <laughs> I think it's fabulous. Great. Jay? Um, yeah, this one I, I know and have heard many times before. I think the things that, as I was listening with this podcast in mind, um, I, I really like her vocal performance on this recording like her voice is like cracking and mm. like, and like she sounds a little bit hoarse yes and i think that that like really makes the song like just an incredible piece of work yeah yeah on top of what everyone else has said about you know the lyrics the melodies like everything and then the other thing that like a minor note um is that um i think th- this song is just like bridge 101 class mm. like mm. the bridge of this song which is like boys only want love mm-hmm. oh torture. yeah don't say i didn't that i was like oh my god like that yeah. is how you write a bridge like taking notes yeah. taking notes and then i was like wait this reminds me of something and it reminds me of the bridge from Olivia Rodrigo's "Good for You," like yes. just in in essence. Yes, it, yes. Yeah. Salt in the wound, yeah. right? Maybe I'm too emotional. Apathy's like a wounded soul. Like same yeah. kind of yeah. like cascading thing. And mm. Olivia Rodrigo has said that like Taylor Swift is one of her biggest influences. So then of I was like, course. oh, she also took Bridge 101 class. In right. <laughs> How do we take this class? Where do we enroll? You've taken it. You're taking it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, this yeah. is it. It's free. This is it. Yeah. It's free. This is it. <laughs> Kate, I'm sorry. I forgot to ask you about producers. Well, uh, when you said this is the, the pop song, it was written. I already know. By Swift, Max Martin, and Shellback. Your boy. Boys. My man, and it was produced by Martin and Shellback, and this was actually the second single, November tenth, two thousand fourteen. Just like, if you're gonna learn how to write pop music and like really dive in, like she picked the best of the best to help her. She learn really how did. To do this. And one of my notes is, and I don't know if you guys are familiar, but Martin, uh, Max Martin and Shellback helped her write um, Twenty Two. I knew you were trouble. Mm. And what was the other one, Gabby? The other big. We are never. We're ever, never getting ever. back together. So her yeah. big major pop songs. And those three are my least favorite from that album. Like, I don't... They did a good job as far as pop goes. Like, I get it. That's not my kind of pop. This sounds like such a more mature pop. Mm -hmm. It's definitely still pop, but it's not annoying to listen to. It's nice and smooth. I just feel like they're in a better space with her. Yeah. I love... That she's kind of using this song to own her past cringe, all the cringe that yes. we've spoken about, her ex-lovers, and tell them, tell me I'm insane, all the things she get made fun of. But like serial dater, the serial dater. So I love that. I wrote down the building, the harmonies on the bridge are so good because you get yeah. 
the melody, which is great, and then you get a harmony, which is great, and then the third one comes in, and you're like, oh my god, like, this is just, <laughs> it gets better. Like, how could it get better? And I really love, too, her use of the gang vocals. There's, like, a layered yeah. gang vocal happening, which hasn't happened before. Um, and then as far as tropes, we've got King and Queen, Storms, and Daydream. So this one was pretty trope-heavy. I also have another note about this song. In a GQ interview in October of 2015, she said she wrote this song from the perspective of a crazy but seductive but glamorous but nuts but manipulative woman that the media has painted her as. So it's very intentional for this to be very tongue-in-cheek. Mm. All right, track three, Style. Kate, what can you tell me about Style? Okay, so Style is, again, Swift, Martin, and Shellback, and Ali Payami. Another Swedish producer, songwriter, and DJ who has worked with The Weeknd, Demi Lovato, Ariana Grande, Ellie Goulding, Katy Perry, and then produced by those three, Martin, Shellback, and Payami. And it was the third single, February 9th, 2015. You've got that James Dean daydream look in your eyes as like the sexiest thing, I think, to sing to a person. <laughs> it's so good. It's so and then good. The, the line about like the red lips, like she brings in that era, like the theme of that whole era yes. yeah. into it. And I, this is, she, she does this thing where she very subtly, as her albums have progressed, she starts singing about sex, but she never, it's not obvious mm-hmm. that it's sex. Mm-hmm. And this is another song that's very sexual. Like she's talking about how hot she thinks this guy is. Yeah. But it feels more mature. It doesn't feel as childish as before. And I don't know if that's because it's pop production and the lyrical content is always supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be so overt. Mm. So maybe it feels a little better. I don't know. Jay, what do you think? Yeah, this one I have written favorite song. <laughs> I think um, I I okay now I can't remember like the, really the speed of it, but um, I wrote down that I love like that it's laid back. Yeah, um, it's like a mid tempo. It's yeah, like a it's solid mid tempo. Day dream yeah yeah like oh, when it's she, so good when she like throws that at you after blank space you're like okay i see you and mm. what you can do um yeah yeah and so yeah i love i'm a sucker for that kind of guitar part that's just yep. like very repetitive and like mm-hmm. um catchy so yeah, I th- those were my only notes for style. Is I just wrote favorite song, love guitar part, laid back. <laughs> Perfect, beautiful. So, yeah, <laughs> Hannah, what what about you? Sam? Yeah, I mean this this song, especially after blank space, it's like gosh, the hits just keep coming. Mm. Like, and I was actually listening to this song a few weeks ago on the subway prior to being honored with the request of getting to. Sp- speak publicly about Taylor Swift and (laughs) I was thinking to myself wow listening to it I think this is one of the best written songs of all time oh and I I think it's well I think I think what it is is like I think it's really incredibly done because it's like it's it's a it's a classic pop song Mm -hmm. it's timeless it never goes out of style Mm -hmm. but it's it's also like so specific to her, mm. like the red lips and like True. like just it's so like recognize even just reading the lyrics you would know this was Taylor Swift mm. and I think yeah. that's like an incredible feat to like wow. have a song that is like amazing and kind of universal but also very specific to you and authentic mm. and I think this song does that really well I think it's amazing. 
Um, I really yes. would love to work with Max Martin one day before Ugh. he gets too old. I would love that for you too. He'll he's gonna yeah. live forever. He's never yeah, gonna get he's too Swedish. Old. Yeah. yeah, he's Swedish. <laughs> they have saunas. <laughs> it's the meat the IKEA meatballs that keep them alive. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. I love this song. Yeah. My first note was this song is sexy from the minute it starts. Yeah. And I never use that word to describe anything like maybe other than this song and Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I let's un- we need like a full other podcast to unpack oh, that, but stop. <laughs> that would be a rated R podcast. Um but <laughs> It just is. And it, it, for everything we mentioned, like the mid-tempo, the guitars stand out to me so much on this. All three sections are catchy. My only critique, and I wish I could hear a version of it this way, would I think it would have been a little more dynamic if the first chorus was a half chorus. Because I think it would just leave you wanting a little more. And then when you get that Ooh. full chorus after the second verse, I'd be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. But it's amazing. It's amazing. And the only trope was daydream. Okay. Not bad. I'm going to finish this one off with a quote from Taylor from a Ryan Seacrest interview about this song and kind of the album as a whole. She says... My previous albums have been sort of like, I was right, you were wrong, you did this, and you made me feel like this. It was a righteous sense of right and wrong in a relationship. What happens when you grow up is that you realize the rules in a relationship are very blurred and that it gets very complicated very quickly and that it's not a case of who was right or who was wrong. Hmm. Which I love. She grew up. She grew up. She's finally not living in that fucking snow globe anymore. She broke it. She's Boom. Like, She's, She's living in New York, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay, track four, Out of the Woods. Don't, don't. Kate, what do you got for me? Okay, so Out of the Woods was written by Swift and Jack Antonoff, American singer-songwriter-producer. He has worked with Lord St. Vincent, Lana Del Rey, The Chicks, Carly Rae Jepsen, etc. And it was produced mm-hmm. by both of them. It was the sixth single, January 19th, 2016. This song was a single? It was. The sixth, though. It was, like, later. Like, a last single, as it should have been. So, the thing is, when this song starts, I'm liking it. And it's building to something, and you're like, okay, this is good. Like, the production's kind of minimal, but it's fine. And then you get to the hook, and it is the most disappointing chorus I've ever heard. It's a bummer. We're just repeating over and over. And then the last chorus is actually Jack Antonoff's monotone-ass voice. Backing her up. I didn't I, even hear that. I didn't even notice uh, that. Are we out of the woods? Are we out of... It's terrible. Oh, that's him. It's too yeah. low to be heard by the human ear. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only dogs can hear <laughs> Um. Yeah, immediately bored when I get to the hook. And then, like, the verse starts again after that first chorus. And you're like, the feeling comes back where I feel like it's going to take me somewhere. And then I get to the second chorus. And I'm like, nope. Nope. Just drops you. No. I lost my boner. It's over. <laughs> yeah. My my notes, what I wrote down for this song is as follows. Not sure about this one, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a question mark, and it, the lyrics are so random. I don't know why we. there's this sense of, like, horror with this song, but mm. I feel like the whole, like, being in the woods. I'm just, like, not. I'm not down. And yeah it's boring and it's weird and it's feels kind of spooky and I'm not, I, I, I'm shocked that this song is so early in the album because it's off putting. (laughs) (laughs) It's so kind. (laughs) 
one J, one J. I know what you're yeah, going to say. You know my thoughts. I texted the group earlier with just a photo that said, hate this one. <laughs> this one is like, and, and don't get me wrong because I'm the, I'm weird fact about me. I love movie musicals. Okay. But, um, I, I, I felt like this song was from a musical that I never want to see. Like, <laughs> like, like it reminds me of that, of the like TikTok sound that's like into the thick of it. Like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah so this yeah, would yeah. be like the little red riding hood. Yeah. This is yeah. Like, musical. I, I got like, exactly like it, this. This was, song should be in the scariest moments of yellow jackets. Oh yeah. <laughs> And I'm actually, like, I'm kind of sad to hear that it was Jack Antonoff because I'm, I'm like, mostly a fan of what he, like, writes and produces with artists. Like, mm-hmm. I am too. Yeah, I think this was early on into him producing for big artists. Like, this was before he worked with Lord. So, like, I feel like after he did the, the melodrama with Lord is kind of when he started to take off for real. So I don't know if the muscle just wasn't strong enough yet. I don't really know. Yeah. Kate, what'd you have? I have that you, like, from the minute it starts, I can clearly hear his influence. And I'm, like, not a huge fan of his. Mm. So automatically I was like, ugh, like, I don't want to finish this. I don't love the choruses. They feel super lazy. The repetition can work, and someone who does repetition really well is Laura Stevenson. If you're not familiar with her work, a lot of her lyrics repeat, 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 and it's almost like a mantra, and you just kind of get into it, and I was kind of hoping this would take me there, but it just felt lazy. Like, I just felt like they didn't write a chorus. Yeah. What I will say is I got the idea that the song was about having anxiety in a relationship, like, is this going to work? And that concept mm-hmm. for a song, I think, is really interesting. I just don't think it works with this song at all. And I just kind of feel like it was a wasted idea. So I don't know if she ever returns to that idea. It's because it's kind of vulnerable. It's kind of exciting. But it yeah. didn't work. And she says dance again. That's the only trope. <laughs> She's dancing again. Again. In the woods. Or out of them, I guess. Yeah. An important fact I learned about this song, and it kind of made me settle my dislike for it, is that this was one of the first songs that she wrote to a beat. So Jack Antonoff played her a produced beat and she wrote it to the beat. And before this, that's not how she wrote. She would write songs on a guitar or on a piano. You can totally tell. Yeah, Yeah. you can can totally tell. So I think that's why it feels so weird. Mm, If it ain't broke. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All right, track five. All you had to do was stay. This was written by Swift and Martin, produced by Martin Shellback and Madaman and Robin, which is a Swedish songwriting duo. And they have worked with Selena Gomez, Nick Jonas, Britney Spears, Pink, Dua Lipa, etc. Nice. All the heavy hitters. I'm usually annoyed by like a bubblegum pop song of hers halfway through an album, but this one doesn't bug me. It's fun, it's catchy, I feel good listening to it, but it's the lead up to the chorus is pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's boring, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that during the verses too that she parses it down to just snapping and then other things start other sounds start coming in, cool. which helps build up to the chorus that's super fun, mm-hmm. but uh, like there's not not a lot special about it, I think. Yeah. I'm definitely a fan of the production. I'm not 
I'm not that into the lyrics. I feel like the song itself is like, I'm fine with it. It's not one of my faves. I think, I think the production is great. And I think her vocal performance is great. Like I love those like stay, Mm -hmm. stay Mm -hmm. things like those high things, but yeah, not my fave surprised that this is Maxi Marty. Yeah. I feel not his best. Mm-mm. Oh, you guys have a nickname for each other? That's sweet. <laughs> it's just me for him. <laughs> That's just what you call him. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, what did you think of All You Had to Do Was Stay? Um, yeah, similar to Hannah. When you said at the beginning of the podcast, like in the in the sort of Wikipedia spiel, that this was like a nod to 80s music. Like I definitely noted that when I was listening, but hearing that it was like intentional in throughout the whole album makes me understand some of the choices a little bit more Mm -hmm. because I felt like there was like so much reverb on the vocals in this track yeah and I was like why are you like you don't need to do that Mm-hmm. And it like felt tacky to me, but mm. but all '80s music is tacky and in a cute way, and so True. maybe that is okay. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Yeah, I, I I think it was like I agree. My my only other minor note was just like I also liked what was happening on stay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, take it or leave it with this one, really. And probably yeah. leave it. Pro- yeah. Yeah. My first note is I don't like it. I think it's super generic pop song. I feel like they were like, we need another yeah. track. Let's pump one out. I do like what she's doing with her voice to all of your points. She's she's trying new different things. But it's like, I think that's all this song is good for. She was just trying stuff out. And again, we have another repeating chorus. And I just feel like after Out of the Woods, like nobody thought to maybe separate these songs a little bit. thought we were out of the woods. Yeah, we thought. (laughs) We were wrong. A positive, no tropes. She doesn't say any of the words on my list. So that's good. That's great. Yeah, my last note about this is from Taylor. She said the lyrical concept of this song came to her in a dream where her one of her exes knocked on her door and she opened it and she couldn't speak and he walked away. And the only thing that came out of her was stay. And she that, needs to stop I find it funny that shit. that is the part that you guys are like, that <laughs> oh. was the, cool, the coolest part of this song. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, that makes the it part worse, though. I don't want to hear about that. It's weird. I'm sorry. We can delete that part then. <laughs> That's weird. Oh, I had one more note that I'm seeing, which is I wrote, the bridge is dumb lyrically. <laughs> Thanks for including that. Import- I'm glad you said that. I agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, JJ. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Track six, Shake It Off. Okay, Shake It Off. Swift Martin Shellback, produced by Martin and Shellback. It was the first single August 19th, 2014. There's nothing wrong with this song, and I will fight anyone that tells me otherwise. It's so good. It's so good. It is a perfect pop song. It is a perfect pop song. Uh, it's the perfect length. It is the perfect structure. It's a drum pattern and horns, and that's fucking it, and it's a banger. And I also love the lyrical message. And I even don't hate the part where she talks at the end. Disagree. Which I've (laughs) always hated when she does that. Well. You know how I feel about the talk. I think it's great. Okay. Uh-oh. What do we think, guys? Uh Uh-oh. In my head, this song is, like, canceled. And I don't remember, like... 
I, I probably should have prepared for this, but I just recall that the video I can is tell like you really why. offensive. People call said that she was culturally appropriating because there's a scene in the video where she's with like she's like dance like in, with a bunch of different dance okay. troops. One was like like cheerleaders or ballerinas, and one of them was like break dancers. Mm. And so she was wearing like a black tracksuit and hoop earrings. Yeah. That's so tough. it was like briefly canceled, but then not really canceled because that's not really appropriation. Yeah. And I think oftentimes people throw that word around when that's not the thing. Like, that's not the thing. She's not wearing cornrows. Mm. Like, right. She didn't do what Miley Cyrus did. <laughs> yes. Or, do, or she didn't pull a Katy Perry. Like, that's yeah. not appropriation. That's the wrong thing. So, yes, Hannah, that's what you're remembering. I just do remember the context. Like, this album, and I think maybe, like, the one... Like, this is just, like, when all of a sudden, as as I mentioned before, she started to, like, publicly support gay people, which, like, mm-hmm. wasn't obvious yeah, prior to sure. this moment. And she ended up doing it in a really, like, kind of fetishizy way. And that's what I associate mm-hmm. this song with. So I'm not really able to derive a ton of joy Got from it. it. Um, and that's me. Okay, well, look, I said it in my opening statement. We're going right. to have to fight. Yeah, like, I, I think I, I think that I if you get joy from it, I'm really happy for you, and I'm Thank sad you. I can't get there. But for some reason, this song has those associations yeah. for me, and I'm just okay. like, I'm just like, ugh. I respect it. I disagree, but I respect disagree. it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Respectfully disagree. JJ, what do you got? I think with this one, I'm really able to, like, be, you know like an armchair anthropologist in the sense that like I can look at it and I'm like that's a great pop song like awesome structure uh really cool (laughs) melodies but I'm not really like I'm not wholeheartedly like in okay Mm -hmm. I I wrote um cabaret jazz hands Nice. I get that. No, okay. I don't know why, but I understand what you mean. I get it yeah. too. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it, it's weird. Like I just, it made me want to do jazz hands. The pre-chorus melody, which you'll have to remind me what I was talking about. What is the pre-chorus melody? I have melody? to look at lyrics to tell you. Like Hold on. I have written down that it's, that it's like one of my favorite melodies of hers, but I don't know what it is. Oh, I'm in a moving. Yeah, I think that's super catchy. Like, I prefer that to the chorus. Like, I prefer hearing that to the chorus. That's like the candy for got me. Got it, got it. But yeah, I wrote, um, <laughs> I wrote, it's an awesome fuck you to her haters. I'm really happy for her. <laughs> Nice. Similar to to Hannah, I'm like, I'm like, that's awesome that like everyone can like enjoy this. And I'm like, wow, great song. But I don't really like like it or want to hear it. Wow. I am the hater she is speaking about. (laughs) You know what I was thinking this whole time? Gabby, there's two of them and there's two of us. And we'll just see who wins. It's true. Right? (laughs) Yeah. This I just think the song is fun. I I don't think it's a it's a well written song like lyrically or anything. It's kind of a throwaway. It's like silly, mm-hmm. but to me, it's on the level of Happy or Love Shack. When I hear any of those mm-hmm. songs, I'm like, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm in. I don't care if people don't like it. If it's silly. If it's goofy. It's just like a fun song. I do think it's. I understand why it was the first single because they're trying to get everybody on board. I don't think it's really representative of what this album is. It's like the oddball out, mm-hmm. truthfully. 
Uh, so business-wise, made sense. I hate the talking. So cringy. And the fact that she says fella just, like, really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I, I can't. Like, my grandma would say that all the time, but she was, like, in her 80s. Like, who is she calling fella? I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. I just kind of wish they took that part out. Just put two more choruses at the end. Boom. Song over. It's beautiful. It's great. Uh, and she's singing about dancing again. <laughs> Dance is life. For her, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. That's what yeah. Taylor thinks, too. All right. Track seven. I wish you would. We are back with Antonoff. So it was written by Swift and Antonoff, produced by Swift, Antonoff, and Greg Kirsten. He's an American uh, producer and songwriter. He has worked with Sia, Kelly Clarkson, Beck, Paul McCartney, Pink, Foo Fighters, and more. Ooh. I'm going to leave the tropes to you because we start with two. Right. And oh my God. I'll let you take that. <laughs> I like this song more for the chorus than any other part. The guitar part is very 80s hair rock reminiscent. Mm-hmm. I also love the line, we're a crooked love in a straight line down. That was my favorite line, yeah. I don't know what it means. I was hoping someone could tell me. I don't know what it means, but I love it so That's much. That's such a good line. Uh, it's a fucked up relationship that is go- headed for rock bottom. Like straight bottom, but the relationship goes like got- this. Oh, got it. But they're destined for failure. I hate the way that she says buttons. (laughs) (laughs) You push my buttons. (laughs) Like, why are you saying it like that? (laughs) It's real weird. And my favorite piece of trivia that I found out when researching this song is that the drums are samples from She Drives Me Crazy by the Five Young Cannibals. Yep. And I listen to them back to back, and it's the exact Oh, my, because I don't hear that at all. And it's a completely different song. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to have to go back and listen. Yeah. Hannah, what do you think about I Wish You Would? Um, I'm I'm neutral on it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Yeah. I kind of am getting the vibe that the only songs that feel really 80s are the ones that, like, we don't love. And so I'm... That's interesting to me. Like, I feel Mm. like the ones that are, like, the big singles don't feel Mm -hmm. as 80s. I did think that this song reminded me of, like, Haim in a way that I liked. It felt a little more indie or something, which I was vibing with. But, yeah, not the most memorable for me, but I enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, I would echo that. I don't like it. I I can't sing it back to you right now. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. what it is. (laughs) And I think... I think preparing myself for this honorable role on this podcast was the first time that I had heard it. One of my major notes was that I felt like it, the instrumentation sounded like you too. Oh yeah. Like this, just this kind of like this, like very like dramatic, these like dramatic drums, like building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved that. Because I'm a late convert to you too. Yeah, it definitely does. Now that you mention it, like the guitar part that it opens with is very you too. Yeah, the guitar part was super you too, um, and which for me is a good thing. I I think for other listeners that might you know elicit a different feeling. Mm-hmm. But I like that like melodrama. And then the other, the only other note that I had was that. It sounds like the opening credits of an Olsen twin movie. Like, 
And, and I think, like, as I was listening, I was like, is this passport to Paris? Like, um, so do with that what you will. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But for me, I, I can't okay. sing the melody back to you right now. I don't know what the song yeah. does. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just going off the notes that I wrote down. For sure. Okay. I felt kind of the same way about this as uh, I was the only one. Stay. All I had to do was stay. Yeah. Mm. Just Okay. Kind of generic, kind of a throwaway. What I will say is I do love the movement in the song. I like how the verse is a little faster and then the chorus is kind of half tempo. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a very interesting choice because usually for most songs it's the opposite. Um, Had the same line written down, crooked love and a straight line down, but I think that's the best part of the whole song. And then tropes are 2 a.m., car, phone, and my room. This one was trope heavy. It starts with it's 2 a.m. in your car. It's 2 a.m. She's obsessed with 2 (laughs) a.m. guys she sings about it all the time and we just think that she needs to take a fucking ambient and go to bed (laughs) interesting track eight bad blood bad blood is swift martin and shellback produced by martin and shellback it's the fourth single may 17th 2015 when i was listening to this album through no skips to prepare this past week I kept wishing when I got to Bad Blood that it was the Kendrick Lamar version because it's so good. And unfortunately, it's I've not. I've never heard Oh, that. my God. KG. It's so good. Oh. Okay. Like, more. my brain would start his verse, and I'm like, oh, no. Wrong version. <laughs> I like that she has, she starts it with, did you, did you, da-da-da-da, did you. Yeah. Da, like, which would, like, repetition would annoy me, but I think it has a nice structure and a rhythm to make the verses interesting. Okay. And it has the best bridge ever. Band-aids don't fix bullet holes. Which, like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. But it's a, it's a good line. <laughs> it's the alliteration. It's the bees. Yes. yes. That's what makes it yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, I don't think you like this song. I'm struggling. Like, because I think I, I'm torn. Like, mm. I can appreciate the, like, raw anger of the song. Like, I think it's yeah. good in that mm-hmm. sense. And this one, like whatever the other one was that I made you guys sing the pre-chorus of, I think Mm -hmm. this pre-chorus does it for me. Like, I'm a pre-chorus girl, apparently. Yeah, cool. This one was like, like, it's so sad to think Mm -hmm. about the... It is a good one. I love that. I think that's really, really great melody. Yeah. I... Is it okay for her to say, we used to be mad love? Yeah, I think it is. I don't, yeah. Like, I'm obviously not the, like, you know, somebody who can determine whether that's okay or not. Like, for for our listeners who can't see me, I'm just a white girl. Um, (laughs) Um, We all are. Yeah, every single one of us. But but as is Taylor Swift. And I I don't know, like, to me, it, it sounds like a phrase that I, that I'm, like, wondering if it's, if it's, if there's something weird about her saying about her using that phrase i understand and respect to that but it's not weird i grew up saying that phrase like mad like that's mad cool i'm mad hungry i'm mad if anything, mad i think the problem is it just sounds stupid <laughs> <laughs> like i don't think it yeah. like i get what you're saying like culturally is it okay I just don't think it's okay, period. Like, just don't fucking say that. And certainly don't put it in a song. Maybe it's okay culturally, but I also, yeah, I feel like she's, like, actually using it wrong. I hear you. (laughs) Grammatically. Like, like you don't, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Gabby, but, like, you don't say we used to be mad love. 
Like, no, you would say like we used to have. Yeah, mad we used love. to have mad love. So like, if you're gonna say it, like yeah. say it right. I hear you. I it's, it's an, an interesting take, Jay, because I feel like. Well, this album is before Reputation, and Reputation is like a hip hopier yeah. inspired album. So that's an interesting note. Yeah. I hadn't put that together. Thank you for bringing that to the table. Thank you for hearing <laughs> it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This song, guys, is my favorite T Swift song prior to Folklore Evermore eras. Okay. Um, I freaking love this song. I think it's amazing. But I I also think that might be because it's very relatable to me because it's like how all of my relationships end. Oh. So I just find it so relatable. And I'm just like, yeah, we got bad blood. Nice. nice. I love that. That's all. KG? I, I, I think my, to borrow a, a phrase from Kasim, I have a net positive reaction to it. Like I like it. But if you really think about it, it's like a weird one. We're doing the gang vocals again, which I think are great, and they give it an edge, which is cool. The mood of the song is like tough girl, but if you read the lyrics out, it's very mm. silly. Like it doesn't, it's kind of goofy and it doesn't sound tough at all. So I don't know. I don't know if it like fully reached the point that they were ch- trying to get to, you know? Um, I love that it starts with the chorus. A lot of her songs don't start with a chorus. Mm. So I thought that was refreshing. I think it's generally ballsy to start with a chorus. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because that's supposed to be the hook. It's supposed to be the best part. So, like, you're putting it all out there. And I really love that it jumped from, like, super loud to very quiet mm. in the bridge. I thought that was a good move. So I, I'd like it if I don't think too much about it. If I'm just listening, I'm like, I'm into it. But if I start thinking about what she's saying, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is goofy <laughs> and weird. Um, and then no tropes. So that's positive. Oh, good. That's great. Okay, track nine, Wildest oh. Dreams. Wildest Dreams were, again, with Swift, Martin, and Shellback, produced by Martin and Shellback. It was the fifth single, August 31st of 2015. Um, I'm ashamed to admit that I always used to skip this song. Like, I didn't... <gasps> I, just because it starts out so slow and I feel like Taylor always has a slow song where it shouldn't be. And I was like, ah, I would always be like, I'm going to hate this. And I would just skip it, skip it, skip it. And it wasn't oh, until wow. the video came out that I was like, this song is actually fucking good. You're like, so much time has been wasted. Yes. <laughs> um, so good. And I'm not, there is a, tr- the, a lyrical trope that I know Kate will mention as she mentions dress, but it doesn't bother me in this song because instrumentally the chorus sounds like a beautiful dress. So I'm like, yes, this is an appropriate use of that theme that she loves to come back to. And he's so tall and handsome as hell are also two reasons why I get in trouble with men. So I can completely relate. <laughs> completely relate uh han jay who wants to take it away it's It's perfection i have not i don't have anything else to say i wrote down i wrote down my god (laughs) yeah that's big yeah that's that's major it's so good i don't know maybe maybe one of one or more of you can like help me unpack this thought um but for me, I so I love this song, and I and I wrote down that it reminds me, like melodically and lyrically, of her earlier songs, um, specifically like "Love Story" and "You Belong with Me." And okay. I'm not sure like what it is about this song that does that, but when I 
Like, I'm like, yeah. oh, this is like, this was, this is similar to those songs where it just like carries you through these like amazing melodies for the whole time mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. I think it's because in this song, the the structure of the lyrics is more in line with her telling a story and painting a picture, yeah. which she hasn't done a yeah. lot of on this album, but it's heavy what she did previously. Yeah. So it's heavy what she did in Love Story. It's heavy what she did in You Belong With Me. And she did, he said, I thought. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And, she, you know, I, and, you know, I said, no one has to know what we do. His hands, like, she's, she's built putting you in the room with yes, her with yes. this person yes so i think it's very visual yeah so i think that maybe that might be why i also had a last note that i forgot about until i was reading the lyrics in the bridge i love the way this like the rhythm changes in this bridge he'll see me in hindsight tangled up with you all yes burning yeah it. like i whenever that part of the song comes in like i just want to throw my ass in a circle i'm like okay now's the time <laughs> <laughs> It's a good change-up. It's a really good change-up. I wrote that this song is also sexy, and it almost, to me, feels like an alternative version of style. Mm. I feel like it's the same people we're talking about, so I just really like that. There's a heartbeat in this song, and it's Taylor's. If you go on to search, like, who did the instrumentation, she is credited with, like, songwriting, singing, guitar, whatever, and heartbeat. I was like, wow. That's pretty cool. Um, My favorite lyric was, someday when you leave me, I bet these memories follow you around. I think the whole song feels like a memory. So I just thought that was really well done. And then tropes are dress, dreams, and my room. Yes. So a little trope heavy, but we'll forgive her because this is a good It's a great song. I need someone to do this to our discography. (laughs) I'm sure we say the same shit all the time. Hey, we're going to do another season of this show, so maybe we'll do it. (laughs) Please roast us. Please do us next. (laughs) We'll roast you and have you on as guests so we can be like, why are you singing about this again? That'd be great. Okay, track 10, How You Get the Girl. Uh, very similar, Swift, Martin, and Shellback, and then produced by Martin and Shellback. I love this song structurally because she goes back to the storytelling thing that she did on the previous track and that she's done before. Um, she uh, opens the door, he's standing there, da-da-da, uh, and then, you know, t- giving him advice on what he should have done, which I feel is a perspective we haven't heard from her yet. I just mm-hmm. wish it was less bubblegummy. Like, it's too mm-hmm. bubblegummy. I wish it was a little moodier. Mm. But I don't know if it's because it's coming off the tail end of Wildest Dreams, which is so moody, and that that's why I want that. True. But it is catchy. There's cool synth parts in it. So I don't totally hate it. I just, maybe if it was in a different part on the track listing, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I wrote, this song belongs in the Hillary Duff movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For me, there's only one thing that's really pushing it into that territory, which is the like way that she sings the echo of her own words. Like, Mm. I I can't, I don't know the melody of this song or any of the words, but I wrote down like it, like not sure if I like the echo words in the verse. And I think yeah. that's, like, very what's making it, like, Hillary Duff vibes for me. Very. But it's interesting, like, I, this song and a lot of the songs that I haven't liked as much, except for the, like, Out of the Woods, Man of the Woods. Um, <laughs> like, I, I think my main, like, problems are with the production. 
mm-hmm. except for mm-hmm. Man of the Woods. Because, and, and that's like, I don't, and I'm, and that's like not fair to T Swift, you know? Yeah. Cause it's not because of her. Because like people put these like dated, like sonic things on her, like in right. her productions. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not her fault that they made it sound like it should be in a Hillary Duff movie. Yeah. Although, I mean, maybe maybe that's what she wanted. Yeah. Let's give yeah. her some agency. She can make her own bad choices. <laughs> she definitely has the final yeah. say. I had that this one kind of felt like filler to me. The chorus is really catchy, but I don't know, kind of same Hillary Duff vibes. I did put that lyrically, like the content kind of reminds me of Robin's Call Your Girlfriend, which is just one of the best songs oh, ever. Good. And I, because she's mm. giving instructions to a man on like how to do something. So I just kind of like that. Okay. Like, let me just tell you that this is how it's supposed to be done. So I kind of like that, but Robin does it way better. And the tropes are rain and door. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a lot of rain. 11. This love. This love was written only by Swift. It is the only song on this album she wrote by herself, and it is produced by Swift and Nathan Chapman, who has been her producer on all of the previous albums. Uh, not surprised because this song does not belong on this album at all. It's terrible. It's so bad. It's like it's it's Ugh. not that bad lyrically. Like it's fine. I feel like if she took this to when and put it on Evermore or Folklore, it would have made more sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's such a gear switch for no reason. This is one of my favorites. Is it really? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I wrote I wrote down this song seems like it was written by a computer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. Said, 3 to 1. I said one of my favorites. <laughs> Love <laughs> Love the slow build, <laughs> the way the drums come in, <laughs> lyrics and melody both great. <laughs> and I, and I, one thing I liked and the reason I felt like it fit on the album was because she um, refers to wildest dreams in a lyric. She calls it. Yeah, she calls it out. She goes back to it. I hear that. Happy for you, Jay. Really happy yeah, for you. Yeah, congratulations, <laughs> JJ. I'm so glad you're loving this song. Wait, you guys, this means I'm just a diehard Taylor fan because I like the only song on the album that she it wrote is. alone. You are a Swifty. You're right. You are you actually are a Swifty. You started this by saying, I'm not a Swifty, but lo and behold. And little did you know. Yeah, I had like lyrically it's it's nice. It seems very poetic. I think I would have rather read it as a poem <laughs> than listen to it. Like I don't think it works as a song. And it also <laughs> makes me wonder if she needs help. This like all the other songs are really good and she has so many help like so many writers. And like this is the one that you're going to put on there for your own like suspects, like red flag to me. I was like, "No." It's a bad chorus. And the tropes were dream and return of the knees. Return oh, of the, the knees. knees. She goes back to the knees again. It's such a bad chorus. This love is good. This love is bad. Brilliant. <laughs> it's like a seventh grade poem. Yeah. Sorry, Jay. You know? I'm sorry, Jay. So sorry about sorry. my So, so, so sorry. <laughs> Track 12, I Know Places. I Know Places, written by Swift and Tedder. So remember Tedder from the beginning. Uh, and also produced by Swift, Tedder, and Zen Canella. So same group as that previous song. 
And the song starts off pretty sexy. I'm a Tedder fan, like a huge Tedder fan. I, I feel okay. like it's very hard for that guy to go wrong. But the pre-chorus is so confusing to me. What the fuck with the foxes? What's going on with the foxes? Oh, yeah, the foxes. Uh, is this an inside joke between her and Ryan Tedder that we don't get? I don't get it. Foxes? Like, well, they, what is it? We are the foxes? We are the foxes right? and we run. Like, they're being hunted. So I think it's about like like media stuff, like how people, you oh know, yeah, which I guess. But I just like I don't know. Or is this Little Red Riding Hood the musical? Because it's like wolf, fox. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! This is the climax. <gasps> You're bringing it back to this musical idea. I hope she hears yeah. this and and embarks on a musical journey. We'll help her. Okay, we can well, help her write these. Songs. I'm gonna bring it back to gay stuff. Okay. <laughs> I think that this song is the best argument I've heard for Gaylor. Oh, okay. okay. She's talking about hiding. Oh. You know who hides? People in the closet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what? So I loved it for that reason. Otherwise, I thought this song was deeply confusing. It, it's lyrically it's little, so confusing. But she's probably confused. It's weird. I, I wrote, and now I can't think of it, but I wrote, I love the drums in a weird way. It kind of pulls from Shake It Off. So I guess it was like a like a sample kind of drum, but now I'm not hearing it. I do love the vocal squeaks in the chorus. She kind of like strains a little bit, and I feel like that adds to the song. She, she mentions green eyes. I've noticed this is not a trope, but in a handful of songs, she mentions green eyes. So I don't know who this is about, but she's into green eyes. And I do like how it's bookended. It starts with the I, 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 I thing, like, and and it doesn't really happen again until the beginning and the end. So I just thought that was, like, an interesting choice to use it in those spots. And um, no tropes otherwise. For me, yeah. Uh, just the eyes, the I, 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 like, I found that so grating on the ear. Like, I, it reminded me of mine, mine from Finding Nemo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and once I, like, thought yeah. of that, I couldn't stop thinking of that. And so then I was like, I wish you wouldn't. Right. Um, Please yeah, don't. This one, this song for me is like, um, do, yeah, I don't, it doesn't do it for me. I hear it's you. All right. It starts off so good. Like, it. it's pretty, it's really sultry. And then mm-hmm. the, because mm. they got the cages and they are the hunters and we are the foxes. It's like, what? Like, what's going to happen when they get you? His hand was on your waistline, and now you're a fox, and you're in a cage? Like, what is happening? Like, you're a sexy fox, and now they're going to eat you? Like, what's happening? Yeah, it's a little... If you think too much, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it goes to a weird place. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, guys, we're at the last track on here. Wow. 13, Clean. Clean was written by Swift and Imogen Heap. She's the British singer-songwriter-producer. She's famous for her singles Headlock, Good Night and Go, and Hide and Seek. And Gabby, I didn't know this, she also composed music for the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child no way. Broadway show. Yes, she I did. I didn't know oh that. Wow. Me neither, but now I hear it. I'm like, oh, I get that it. That is cool. And it was produced by Swift and Heath. I love this song as a closer. I think it's the perfect closer for this because it, it, it kind of sounds like an outlier, but the production is so cool. It's, like, very sparse, very minimalist, a little futuristic almost. Yeah, yeah. And this is the first time that I I think that she has said goodbye to a lover in a nice way. 
in a grown-up mm. way. And I like that a lot. She's grown up. That's nice. Yeah. Hannah, what do you think? Um, I wrote down that this song was like an R-rated Ingrid Michaelson song. Oh. Okay. Um, not a value judgment, just a statement. Okay, sure. <laughs> to be clear. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's all right. It's a little off. <laughs> like, I just don't. I don't understand, like, if you have access to these level of songwriters, like, how you can have songs that don't go all the way. Mm. But maybe it's nice to have some songs that act as, like, a breath. I think that was the point of this song. And I think it does that. I think it does that To literally, like, clean off the album. I think it was Mm. very intentional. Jay, what about you? Yeah, I, I really liked this one, like, for that, because I felt like at the end of, you know, this journey of the album, like, it's nice to have something that you just kind of, like, your heart rate goes back down after the, like, party that you've just kind of been through. Yeah. Um, Mm. And I liked a lot of the lyrics in this song. Yeah. Like, and and I think it's the visuals again. Like, Mm -hmm. um, the flowers that we grew together something something like i just liked a lot of the imagery that she used which kind of makes sense now that you say image in heap um Mm. but yeah i i think the only like thing that i felt was that it reminded me of that song like let the rain fall down and wake my it's hillary that is hillary you're right Um, Uh uh-oh and like the OC, like that's the song from the OC, right? That era, yeah. And so yeah. like it I really hear it. brought me to that like space, which I didn't want to go to ever. ever. <laughs> and especially like <laughs> yeah. with this song, like these words, I wanted to like not go to like you know mid nineties like whatever yeah. Hillary Duff vibes, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but like like and because like I kind of I uh, yeah I kind of just like wanted it like if you're gonna go so like if you're gonna if it's as Hannah said gonna be like this breath then like I kind of want it to be like just acoustic guitar and like her singing mm. and like nothing else um, but yeah I, I like this song that might have been really pretty I. I wonder, I'm sure someone's done an acoustic version of it. I would love to hear it. I don't, I don't love the song. It's kind of like the New York one. It does grow on me. It's a little odd when you, when it starts. And to your point, Gabby, when you were saying like future, I feel like I'm listening to like clock parts or gears or something. So it like takes me to like a weird place. I do love the idea of using the concept of clean to be rid of a person. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting. And my favorite line was, 10 months sober, I must admit, just because you're clean doesn't mean you don't miss it. 10 months older, I won't give in. Now that I'm clean, I'm never going to risk it. And I just feel like it's a great play on words. The metaphor is there. And she's maturing, like, at the end of this album. Like, she's kind of putting a period on it. Like, we're done with all the previous stuff. Uh, But it is trope heavy. We got dress, rain, and my whole room. My God. So... (laughs) So much rain, yeah. honestly. It's so, so much. Rain. It's so much. Okay, we did it, guys. We got wow. to the end of 1989. Wow. Woohoo. Hannah. Yes. Favorite, least favorite, and honorable mention. Okay. Well, favorite 
is bad blood. Mm. Despite everyone else's <laughs> kind of scathing reviews. <laughs> Least favorite out of the woods. Okay. Honorable mention Wildest Dreams. Nice. That's nice. Mm. Nice. JJ, what about you? Um okay. Oh, I forgot about style. I know. Yeah. It's hard, right? <laughs> it's hard because there's a lot of good ones. Okay, I think my favorite. Uh, I think my favorite has to be. Don't change your favorite. We know you like that one that nobody else does. <laughs> That's right. What was that one? This your love. Mom. We know you love this love. Um, no, I think it has to be Wildest Dreams. Um, okay. My least favorite is <laughs> Out of the Woods. my honorable mention is style okay nice kate what do you got best song is style Mm -hmm. underdog i put welcome to new york every time i hear it it grows on me a little bit more and worst song is this love (laughs) yeah sorry just bad (laughs) um my best is style Worst is this love and honorable is wildest dreams. Nice. All right. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much. Yes, thank wow. you. This was thank so fun. You so really much. fun. Yeah. Um, it's real I don't know if what other guests you guys have had on here, but it's really quite crazy and meta to be an artist and on this podcast because if people respond to our music with even a tenth of the hatred <laughs> that we have responded to an artist who we all love. Right. Yeah. Then it's like, I just, we should just quit now. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but she's secure enough. We've already established she's yeah, never going to hear this because we're nobodies. But if she were, she'd be like, haha, they're dumb. And then she would just go swim in all her money. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So perfect timing to end. My roommate's dogs just got back from dog daycare and they're going to come barking in here nice. and fuck up my quietness. Nice. Cool. <laughs> hey guys. Hi, you have a good day. All right, I got to go. <laughs> this was so fun. Thank you guys. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, so we ended the last one abruptly. We did, yeah. We had to go. We had to go, so my my roommate's dogs came home from adventuring, and they're very barky, so I ran off the call. I'm sorry, but so, Kate, after 1989, are you a Taylor fan yet? I would say that I am a fan of this album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't love every song, but I find it really easy to listen to all the way through. And when Hannah had mentioned earlier that this might be the album that makes me a fan... I would say that it's definitely the album I have listened to the most out of all of her stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but you sent it to me when it came out. I remember. Yeah. I distinctly remember this album as the one, as the only Taylor album before you and I had embarked on this adventure that I knew that you listened to and that you liked. Yeah. Well, I remember you being very insistent because normally you know. You're like, I'm not going to send her this. So you sent it and you were like, no, you need to listen to this. And so I did. And I listened like... Two or three times through, which, as you said, before we started doing this, I had never done with any of her albums before. Yeah. So I was the most familiar with it. I'm comfortable with it. So I'm a fan of the album. But whether or not I'm a fan of hers, 
I just don't know. Remains to be seen. It remains to be seen. I think the fact that my worst song on 1989 was the only one she wrote is a problem. Uh-huh. And I think that also happened on Red. Like, the ones where she's alone doing her thing are, like, not my faves. So... Well, she gets, like, really emo and weird. Yeah. Yeah, she does. I feel like on the albums that we've done, where, which is Red in this one, where she has the one song yes. that she's written completely by herself, yeah. it's like, oh, you are a horse girl. You're right. And I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't say. That I'm a fan of hers. I mean, like, look, she's obviously very talented. She has access to incredible resources. And I think in general, she mm. makes very good decisions. Am I a fan of hers yet? I just cannot say. I don't know. Okay. That's fair. We have, I mean, we're like, we have more, many more albums to go. Many more. (laughs) We have more. We have more. So there's time. And unfortunately, the next one is rough. Okay. So, so just, we'll just be ready for that. Yeah. We'll be prepared. (laughs) We'll be prepared. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Here is the lyric trope tally count for Taylor's fifth album, 1989. Jeans, zero songs. Dress, two songs. Radio, zero songs. Daddy or father, zero songs. Truck, car, or passenger seat, one song. Knee, one song. Rain, three songs. Town, no songs. Dance or dancing, three songs. Dream or dreaming or daydream, four songs. Phone, one song. Stars, no songs. 2 a.m., one song. Story, chapter, or page, no songs. My room, your room, or bedroom, three songs, royalty of any kind, one song, and door or doorstep, one song. Big thanks to the band Above the Moon for writing and recording our theme song. You can find them on Instagram at Above the Moon Music or on their website, AboveTheMoonMusic.com. If you enjoyed listening, give us a follow or subscribe on your favorite platform. And if you really enjoyed listening, leave us a like, rate us, or review us so more people can find us. You can keep up with news about new episodes on Instagram at Minor Notes Podcast or email us, minornotespodcast at gmail.com. Minor Notes is a finally cool production. Next time on Minor Notes, we'll be discussing Taylor's sixth studio album, Reputation, with special guest Evan Johnson, talent buyer for Numos, the legendary Seattle music venue, and Capitol Hill Block Party and Day In Day Out Music Festival. Be sure to tune in.